Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. All right, friends, this is a very special episode because it is just Q and I. We are going to be chatting about ourselves, myself, himself. He's going to be interviewing me and um, I'll be sharing just kind of the behind the scenes of what goes on in my world. I would say personal and professional, but most of my life is professional. So, (laughs) Um, but I feel like, you know, what's fun is that Q and I, first of all, we're related, which is a fun fact. Um, He interviewed me or he was a producer on a show that interviewed me, I want to say like three years ago. And he walked in with a Guam tattoo on his shoulder um, and my mom's side's from Guam. And so I said to him, Hafadeh, which is, how are you in tomorrow? And he looked at me like, what? Like, what is this? How are they talking about? And cut to, we got along swimmingly, cut to, we brainstormed for a few years to actually launch the show, cut to the show, cut to us doing some research on our family trees. And lo and behold, we are distant cousins, but honestly, everyone on Guam is kind of a distant cousin. Um, but for really real, we do share a bloodline, a distant bloodline, and he's my family. And we have so many fun conversations before and after all of our shows that we thought, why not do a birthday episode? And I'm not one to celebrate my birthday, but I do like using my birthday as leverage to do fun things with the brand. So (laughs) this is one of those things that we will be doing for my birthday. Like, honestly, this is the biggest gift for me. Also, Q doesn't like being on shows. He likes doing behind the scenes stuff. So I kind of, you know, guilted him for my birthday to do this for me. So I I was voluntold, as they said, I was voluntold. So that honestly is one of our favorite vocabulary words in the office, (laughs) voluntold. So I'm excited to be here. And so uh, thank you, everybody tuning in, Marin Costello Radio, uh, you know, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a show. I've, I've produced several shows, right, for several different stations. And this is a treat for me as well, because, you know, it's kind of like a family reunion every time we, uh, we do our sessions. So it's cool. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. And I love giving that little blurb on how we met and how we're, you know, we are family, you are, you know, blood family, but also chosen family. And so every time we have a guest on the show, and I explain to them our connection, it just makes the show that much more exciting and it gives it so much more depth and purpose and I truly feel like that is the foundation of why our conversations on the show have so much meaning and why we're able to go places that we didn't know we were going to go because yes there is a little bit of preparation that goes on behind the scenes before a guest comes on the show but to be honest most of the best conversations are when a guest just starts talking right Right. hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I gotta say that there are few people in this world that will get me back on the microphone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you're certainly one of them and it is because of your birthday and just, you're, you're a cool, you're a cool person. Now this, this is a, this is a unique experience in which the interviewer becomes an interviewee. Right. So, uh, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for, uh, you know, myself to learn some things that I didn't know about you. So we're going to, we're going to do that as well as our listening audience. So for everybody out there who was tuned in, you ever have a question that you wanted to ask her, 
I'm pretty sure that her and the team can get the answer for you if you DM. And uh, let's go to give out all the Instagram and all the social media handles right now. Absolutely. So the show Instagram is at Marin Costello Radio, two R's, two L's. And then my personal is Marin Costello. If you're in the mood or in the market for some really, really cool hypoallergenic water resistant sustainable jewelry, the jewelry brand is Shop Marin Costello. One of our guests, Amanda Jane Cooper, quoted on her show that it is embarrassingly easy to find her on the internet. And similarly, it is embarrassingly easy to find me on the internet. So say you were to, you know, misspell my first name, which happens, you know, a little bit, Right. the internet will help you. Google will help you. You can find me. And um, if we don't actually get to your question on the show, please DM me because we would love to share that on social. We can even bring it into our future shows. I highly, highly, highly doubt this is going to be the last time where I'm in the hot seat. In fact, we have a really fun team project that we're working on for 2022 for the second season of MCR. Um, So all of your questions are so welcome and I would love to hear all of them. And it's also a treat for me because, you know, day to day, I am, you know, in my world running multiple businesses. So this is really fun to be able to, con- to connect with you guys and to really hear about what you guys want to know from me and listen to on the show. I mean, and, and that's just a sign you say embarrassingly easy to, to get connected, but that's, that's just a, a testament to your team and a sign of great marketing, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, and shout out my parents for giving me a solid name. That's that is a solid name. I was like, you Marin know? Costello. I don't think of tomorrow when I hear Marin Costello, but like it, it's so it's so unique. You know, what so, I mean? it's so funny because my name is Marin Marie Costello. My first name is a surname on my dad's side. And oh. it has it was a surname. Then it was a middle name for about five folks, including my father and my grandfather. Um, and I'm the first one in the family to have it as a first name. Marie is my paternal grandmother's middle name. And Costello is obviously my dad's name. My sister is Jamie Margaret Costello. Jamie, named after James, my paternal grandfather. Margaret is the first name of my paternal grandfather and so and obviously her last name is Costello as well so we both one one time we were all together looked at my mom and we're like how did the Chamorro side get gypped in the naming process because <laughs> we according to our names we are so 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 Irish um but no I mean we you know are so close with both sides of the family um most of my family is still in Alameda California we have a couple right. folks that are peppered in you know um, other parts of California and um in Washington state um but we grew up you know around our Chamorro family and I think the great thing about my parents and the more the older I get the more I appreciate them right and the more I I understand how special they really are. They are the respective connectors in both of their families. So when they got together and when they got married, my mom's side and my dad's side both came together and now regard each other as family. So Mm. I have, you know, cousins on my mom's side and cousins on my dad's side that are second cousins, like once removed, whatever. And they're like, oh no, that's my blood. When really there's no actual DNA, but we were raised as a a single unit. Right. which is, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm very, very grateful. I love it, man. Marin Costello, radio. Uh, this is your boy Q. Coming, dusting off my mic, uh, you know, more behind the scenes. And, and so let's, let's go ahead and start from the beginning. 
yeah. you know, what, what, what is your genesis point? Like, I know, did, did you grow up? Uh, I mean, I know that I know the answer to this, but for those who are tuning in and checking this show out uh, and, and just kind of getting familiar with you, did you grow up knowing that this is what you were going to be doing? No. So I say that I didn't choose jewelry. Jewelry chose me. So I received a, and also for those listening, um, I have a trifecta company. Um, I would say the, the, the heavy hitter in my company is, um, my jewelry brand. We are in, you know, just shy of 200 stores across the, across the States, um, we have a, a really great online presence and we're about five, in about five um, big box heavy hitters online. Um, we're also in the market for, you know, a ton of like amazing subscription boxes and a lot of different things. Um, the second part would be the radio show. And then the third part would be a consulting company. So I also on my own consult other brands. Basically, I consult for my former self and I help them. I help them skip a lot of mistakes that I made, save a lot of money that I spent and really help push them and encourage them to uh, foster their businesses from both a branding and a financial perspective. Because I found in my own uh, journey in seeking consultants that I can speak to someone who can consult on branding, but doesn't necessarily know how to garner sales. And I can speak to someone who is a financial consultant, but doesn't necessarily understand uh, decisions made in the short term that map to brand in the, in the long term. So I help advise folks on both ends. So did I know that I would be here when I was a child? The right. answer to that is no. I received a bead kit from my sweet aunt Joanne when I was about seven years old. And that was it. I mean, I could babysit myself at that point. You know, I was always a really good kid, didn't get in any, in any trouble, but I mean, I could sit there and bead jewelry for hours and hours and hours on end. Right. Like my parents would have to force me to go to sleep. And so, you know, the bead kit would run out of supplies and then I would go to the craft store and then I would go to a garage sale. Garage sales were huge when I was a kid. I would go to garage sales and get old jewelry and take it apart and rework it. I was always looking at shows, you know, that I was watching as a young kid, like Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven. And I would look at what they were wearing on the shows. Um, and try and recreate those pieces. I mean, I was just fascinated with the art of making jewelry. I had zero, zero, zero idea right. of the machines that exist behind brands and what that looks like. I mean, it's kind of when you ask a kid, like who doesn't grow up on a farm, like, hey, where do groceries come from? They would say the supermarket, not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the farm. You know what I'm saying? So when I was growing up, it's like, where does jewelry come from? Oh, the department store. Like I didn't realize there were massive companies that could be built behind the brands that, that exist in the stores. So through my, through my personal self-awareness, self-growth journey, um, there have been multiple times when I thought, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm over jewelry. Jewelry is the issue. If I get rid of jewelry and find my, my true purpose, then you know, then I'll be happy. And I would step away from it a little bit and God, the universe would throw more opportunities my way and throw my, more opportunities my way. And so finally, I think in 2018, I was like, okay, you win. I'm all in. And the more I pull away from this, the more things show up. And so I really lean in, leaned into it. The second, second iteration of my company was in 2018. The first was in two, 2008. Um, so I went all in in 2018 and I haven't looked back. And now that's grown into a radio show and a consulting company and so many other things. 
That's awesome. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to ask random questions. Go. Just think, just things that I, just things that I want to know. Yeah. So worst job ever. Worst job. Worst job ever. None. Because I am a workhorse. I am obsessed with excellence. I mean, I know if everything blows up, like I will have no problem finding a job and doing it really, really well and doing probably four jobs really well. Um, I take so much pride in my work and in my name and in my performance that I just love the challenge of perfecting anything. Like I honestly like have thought about this cause I, my mind goes there of like worst case scenario. Right. But I'm like, if I like, if everything like blows up and what if like I'm forced to work, you know, at another store or maybe like a fast food restaurant or something, not to say that that's worst case scenario. Right. It's just not necessarily my passion in this life right now. But if that were the case, I would be like, great. Then I'll be the best worker there and I'll, I'll move to manager in a week. And like, you know what I mean? I just love, I love working and being purposeful and achieving excellence. I honestly can't think of a bad job that I've had. And I've done everything. I've worked at a uh, pro shop. Yeah. So so, so let me re-ask that question then. Okay. Job that people would least, um, would least think that you would have had a job position that, that maybe, you know, would surprise folks. Because worst job, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because you can learn, you can learn valuable life lessons from any job, whether you're emptying trash, trash cans or driving a shuttle, like whatever that is. So job that you, that people least would think uh, would be last on the list of positions think, you would hold. I think the jobs that I held are pretty predictable, right? I worked at a pro shop in retail. I was a nanny for many, many years. Um, I worked for another jewelry company growing up and I did their production. I worked in event production, but we specialized in fashion show production. So I feel like those are all in kind of the same realm of like retail and or fashion and or events and PR. What I think would actually surprise someone is that I grew up in the service industry. I grew up, my parents had a bar, restaurant and hotel for you know, nearly 40 years. And wow. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and on my dad's side, many of them have our restaurateurs. Um, so it's in my blood, but I actually never worked in the restaurant industry. Um, two reasons. One, my dad would not let me work in his, in his restaurant, because I think for two reasons, one, he was like, I'm not going to see her in that light with like, you know, guys coming on to my daughter, right, right, you know, right. yep. in front of me, but also daddy's, daddy's little girl, of course. Right. And then secondly, he knows how serious I am and he also knows how direct I am. So I don't think that he wanted me to get the reputation of being a BA, you know what, right. as, a, as in the industry, because it's tough. Right. Um, but he said, but if you end up in this industry, it's also a really, really tough industry and it's definitely an industry for the youth. Um, and he said, but if you end up in this industry outside of me, then I will support you hundred percent, but I don't want to introduce you to, you know, great tips at a young age because then you'll get stuck. Uh-huh. And I don't want you to get stuck, not to say that I would be stuck in that industry, but I think that he wanted me to spread my wings. And if I happened to come back to it, then there would always be a job there. Um, but I also, but I bring that hospitality into everything that I do. And honest to goodness, we function as, we kind of function as like a service industry in the in our jewelry brand. I mean, we get comments all the time about, especially from our retailers and our wholesale clients, right. how we go above and beyond for them, um, which is like, you know, I take such great pride in that. Uh, but I really think it's because of my background 
growing up in the industry and observing that industry from a different yeah. perspective. So, so, so let me ask you, if you weren't in this particular industry, what would you be doing? Oh my gosh. So many things, you know, there's nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. I can, but actress. Oh, sure. I've actually been scouted before. You know this. Um, right. I've been scouted before. I've definitely like dabbled in like acting and then the pandemic hit. So I was like, all right, back to jewelry. Um, <laughs> right. But um, I feel like there are quite a few things that I could do. Um, definitely, you know, entertainment, for sure entertainment. I also like hospitality. I feel like, you know, I could probably really thrive in the hotel industry. Um, I also probably could do, I could be an influencer full time too, hmm. you know? Yep. Yep. Um, I also love writing. I think that ghost writing or being some sort of, not a journalist, because I think that that industry has kind of gotten a little rough as Hollywood has in recent times. Um, but being some sort of a writer would be great. Um, also like a, a version of what I'm doing now, you know, I could totally work for another fashion brand. I could be a, a strict designer, a ghost designer for other brands. Um, and then consulting. I love, I love consulting. I love helping other people. Um, you, you, you know, it's so funny. And just to not just to jump in right here. Uh, we, we had a session, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, and then we just, uh, obviously we had some, we had some time to chat and I was telling you, I was like, yo, cause I was like, prima. Because, because obviously, you know, I'm, I own my company as well. And, and we're both entrepreneurs and, and I love hanging out with like-minded people. And I just seen this, this, this like gleam of light, like, uh, like a smile, like you, you kind of perked up when I started asking and we started talking about business and what, and I, you know, I was like, yo, what do you think about this? And then, so, so the consulting thing dead on 100%, I could totally see you doing something like that. Not only would, would I think that you would thrive in it, but I think that you would also gain something from it, like internally. Like, I, I think that you love helping people. And maybe that comes from, maybe that's a cultural thing. Maybe that's how, uh, you know, the, the hospitality, uh, you know, uh, maybe that was from, from uncle's restaurant and, you know, him, you know, making sure that the customers were satisfied. They had a great meal and a great experience and all that. But I can certainly see that in you. I feel like I'll go even a step further because I think that sometimes people say, oh, I like helping other people because it has to do with their ego because right. they want to feel good about helping oh. other people. I actually will go a step further and say, I like to see other people win. I don't feel like them winning takes away from my winning or that their winning takes away from someone else's winning. I believe that we can all win. And when I see other people winning, especially other people around me, like that makes me feel like I'm winning. So right. it's more about helping people do more for themselves, like helping people help themselves. <laughs> that makes sense. Or helping other people, depending upon what their business is. But I, but it's, it's more than just me, like, you know, buying someone's coffee or like holding a door open. Like it's more than just like doing a little, little helping, even though those small acts of, you know, random acts of kindness are so, so, so important. I like being able to instill confidence and skills in other people that can help them in the long term and that will help them win. I love it. Okay, so speaking about winning, that's a good transition. You know, social media, Instagram, uh, you know, all, all these various platforms, people always show 
the winning side of them, right? They always show, show their best day and their, their good hair day and, you know, and, and them in the best light. We all know that you're, you're a very successful entrepreneur and, and I'm proud to call you my family. I want you to describe to me one of the challenges, one of the losses that you had to overcome and how you overcame that. Being an entrepreneur or, you know, where, wherever. Well, here's, you know, a quasi vulnerable moment. And many people don't know this because I am not one to share hardships. I feel like, you know, in this life, in this country, we have the ability of choice. You know, I get to choose to be an entrepreneur. I choose to be, you know, a designer and a consultant and all the things. And so when challenges come up, I believe that it's on me. I also believe that everything's on me, even when you know, shit happens that I don't have control over. I'm like, okay, this is something that I did. Like I am in control of this. This is my responsibility. What is the lesson here? But one thing that happened this last year that I don't really share much about is I was in a terrible car accident and was quasi horizontal for about seven months. Um, and it really took a hit on the bottom line in my business not because my business can't run without me there, but because when I am involved, we 10X over and over and over and over. But what I did this last year is I knew it was a lesson from everyone upstairs and I am a very spiritual person. I knew it was a lesson for me to stop and relax and really take in what was happening around me and to prioritize my health because as I am now kind of like on the second chapter of that, fiasco of healing my body and, you know, trying to get closer to hundred percent again, I'm noticing that things are happening and shifting in my business that will take the company to the next level. And so had I not had that time of rest, I don't think that I would have the perspective or the wherewithal to make it into this next chapter. So all for a reason, all for a reason, but that was definitely right. a challenge. I mean, to have to also, when you're in physical pain and you can't show up for work physically, mentally, spiritually, all the things, and you have to surrender everything to your team and thank goodness I have the best team in the entire flipping world. Q, you've met them. They're just 10 out of 10 all the time. Um, but it really taught me a lesson of surrender because I think a lot oh. of times, especially entrepreneurs who are, you know, graduating to next levels, they want, it's difficult sometimes for them to give up control. Um, and I had to surrender everything. I mean, that, that, that's a good point, right? Because, you know, I, we, we tease about how you kind of, uh, uh, coaxed me into coming back on the mic, but I mean, but that, that, that was strategic, uh, in terms of me getting off the mic and weaning myself off the mic is, is I've always said, you know, in order to be successful, I have to have a successor, right? There's got to be a, I, there's got to be somebody behind me. I've got to duplicate myself. Have you, have you put much thought into what that looks like for you in, in terms of, uh, you know, the jewelry, uh, like who's going to succeed? Marin so Costa? this is a question that I ask God in the universe often, and I don't have the answer right. yet, but I do feel the answer coming. And I don't think that the answer is to sell my company, even though someone from a financial perspective would be like, that's the end game or the end goal for anyone. I don't think that I would do that just because my name is attached to it. If I had a brand that was an alias name, then I would have no problem selling it. Um, but I also 
I'm excited to see how the brand morphs over the years. I mean, in this last year, we literally changed everything about the business, our manufacturers, the materials that we use, the systems that we use internally, how we handle our direct-to-consumer, our packaging, how we handle our wholesale relationships, like every single thing changed. And some things were because of my move from California to Florida, and some things were under the guise of moving because I was like, we have to make this decision. That's going to be my excuse for everything. And I don't have any more time, right. especially when I'm in physical pain and not able to work. I don't have the bandwidth to make the transition perhaps you know, a little bit more graceful. It has to be cut and dry, rip the Band-Aid off. Um, I don't really remember what the initial question was. Yeah. So, so, so in, in terms of like, you're, we're talking about change yeah. and, and, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's next, who, who succeeds right. Mary Costello. Right. Um, so I think it could but, be, no. I think it, well, I don't have children yet. You know, I'm actually, I'm right. also not sure if I'm meant to have children in this lifetime. So we'll see if God gives me kids. Um, right. Right. So that is potentially an option. I also feel that if I build this brand up to be what I see it becoming, perhaps then is the time to think about selling, but in the last chapter of my life, you know, I don't, I don't really, things are, things are moving, things are moving for you. Yeah. I don't really see that happening in the short term. That's not one of my my brand goals, I'm more curious and open to seeing how it morphs. And if 2020 taught me anything is that we can, there's our plan and then there's God's plan. And so um, I'm just more curious and open and receptive to what the next chapter is going to be and to not take any of the opportunities that come my way for granted. Um, and also to be even more of a shark in business to make things happen quickly and effectively and take advantage of opportunities as fast as possible. I, I have always had a sense of urgency in business, but I think it's like 2020 amplified that urgency where I, you know, I put a lot of pressure on folks that work for me and my factories and, you know, our partners to make things happen quickly. And also, you know, we'll garner more business. If you can show a client that you can show up and make things happen really fast, the chances of them making a second, third, fourth purchase from you in a shorter amount of time is far greater. Wow. So I like, I like that idea of delivering very, very quickly. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it, it's just as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, this, this is definitely inspiring. Hey, you guys are tuned in. This is Marin Costello radio. This is your boy Q. I am doing the takeover. Woo! Voluntold, but loving it. <laughs> okay. So let, let me ask you this. And I, I, I've always wanted to ask you, what was that aha moment? Right? So the first time that, you know, for I, I asked this question to to uh, various successful people in, in, in different industries. If it was an artist, I, I asked them, what was the first time that you were recognized on the street? So maybe the first time that there was a celebrity or you, you had your jewelry featured in a publication or you seen it on, like, what was that aha moment for you? So a Northern California gal growing up, you know, without social media, really without internet, um, I mean, I remember when those old, you know, Mac computers, the color Mac computers with like the bubble backs oh, yeah, were in yeah. school. I mean, that was like OG. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm laughing time, because I remember the ones before that. That's right? how old I am. <laughs> right. So, you know, a, a, 
a young kid from northern a small suburb small town a really small town in northern california moving to los angeles to go to school i was so hyper focused on school again i wasn't very athletic coordinated i was a dancer growing up but not athletically coordinated so school was my my vessel to shine right so when i was in college i still had you know bead kits under my under my bed under my twin size you know bed in my cigarette size cigarette box size dorm room um but my focus was school 100 percent. and so when i was studying in college i don't really think that i had an idea of the next step i knew that i was in that moment i was supposed to be in school and to excel at school that was the task at hand i knew that i was going to work and do something anything out of college um, but I didn't realize that it was going to be the jewelry, even though I had sold it at, you know, craft fairs over the summer and right. I would do, you know, small events for charities and sell things to my mom and my relatives and our friends at the holidays. I didn't really understand that you could turn it into a brand. And so it was in 2008 when my former dance instructor was also in Los Angeles. She became a fashion wardrobe stylist for TV. Our moms got together in my hometown at my parents' restaurant back in NorCal. They were chatting and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to reconnect the girls. So they reconnected us. I met her at a Starbucks. I brought some of my jewelry pieces. And next thing I know, they're on American Idol. What? Back then. What? So it is about who you know. <laughs> Be kind to everyone. Um, um, so yes, it was basically our my it was her mother going into my parents' restaurant, chatting with my mom, and them connecting us, us meeting for coffee, and then that was it. Um, and by that was it. I to me that was the gateway. That was the doorway into. Holy shit! How was my name next to? Michael Kors and Rebecca Minkoff at the height of their brands on TV when this is again very much at the forefront of Facebook I don't think that Instagram you know existed yet this was like the start of social media and social media actually taking traction so when that happened I was like what is going on how is this even possible um so I started getting calls and emails to my school email from publicists and marketing companies and PR companies and all of these people who are like, hey, we saw you on your name on TV. That's and that crazy. Was, and yeah. that was really like, that was the number one spot to have your brand featured was on TV like that. I mean, I was physically credited on television on American Idol with what people were wearing. And so this is again, before, before social media. Um, so I, was like, oh my gosh, I need to like get my life together. So I, you know, got my name on all the social media platforms and thought about it and said, what would I call my brand? And and these are just like one-off pieces that I made with, you know, beads in my jewelry kit. It's not, I didn't have a collection. I didn't have multiple pieces. I mean, these are samples that I gave to my friend and was like, I probably won't get these back, but maybe she'll use them. I just, I didn't know how the world worked back right, then. Right. And so, and again, my first and foremost priority at that point in time was school. So I, you know, circle back to the American Idol moment. 
I didn't know what to call my brand, decided to name it my name. Luckily, I have a unique name and it was available on all the different platforms. And I thought, you know, I'll just use my name and do a DBA later because I can't think of a jewelry brand name that doesn't have a timestamp. Everything seemed a little too trendy. Um, and that moment never came. I never thought about it again. It was right. my name. And now the company just has iterations of itself and sub companies under my name, my umbrella, my company, which is my, my umbrella company, excuse me, which is my name. Right. Um, but again, that moment happened and it was lovely, but then I went back to school. And then after school, I got a job in event production and I was doing that job really, really well for a few years and also doing my jewelry on the side and, you know, partnered with Equinox and traveled with Equinox and did, you know, trunk shows with them. I partnered with Bloomingdale's and traveled with Bloomingdale's and did trunk shows at their different um, locations. And I remember going back to my boss at the time saying, you know, I love what I do. I'm ready for a raise. I'm ready for this, that, and the other. And I'm ready for, you know, more responsibility. And she looked at me and goes, but do you want to be doing events? Mm. And I was like, Ooh, this is the point in time where I step away from a job that I am thriving at and doing so well at, but I have to step away and it feels like I'm getting punished, but I'm actually, I'm getting punished for doing my job really well. But the, the fact of the matter is that I was going to reach burnout. I couldn't do a full-time event job and a full-time jewelry job. The jewelry had taken up so much traction or had gained so much traction that it was time to really lean into that. Um, so that was my journey after college. And, but truly it wasn't until 2018, like I said, when I was pulling away, pulling away, pulling away, and all these opportunities kept coming, um, you know, kept falling into my lap that I just said, okay, great, let's go all in. And I haven't turned back. Wow. Baron Costello Radio, ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy Q. Doing a little takeover, the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Uh, I mean, that's, that, that's an amazing story. And, and obviously, you know, making the move or being on the West Coast certainly helped. You, you uh, obviously have, have transitioned and now you're out, out on the East Coast. Okay, um, let me ask you this. You were, you were talking about, uh, you know, school and academia has always, you've always thrived in that, right? And, and really, that was your place to shine. What would you say now to a young Marin Costello, knowing everything that you know now, what advice would you give that young Marin Costello? It's not that deep. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Yeah, I would say it's not that serious. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're tripping about is not serious at all. Huh. Yeah, it's just not. And also sleep more, <laughs> right, right. sleep more. Like I, not to say that I wasn't, I excelled in school because I committed to school. I'm not a naturally book smart person. It takes me a while to read information and to absorb it. Um, you know, my college boyfriend could listen to something once and it was in his brain forever. My cousin mm -hmm. Austin can listen to something or read something once. And he, he remembers science information from the fourth grade. I'm like, how do you know the different types of volcanoes? Like, I just did not keep that information in my brain. Um, it takes me a long time to absorb information. So I did well at school because I committed to it. Mm. Um, but not because I'm naturally gifted in school, but you know, it's funny because I feel like there are moments in my business now where we're on hard deadlines. You know, I shared one with you earlier, Q, where we thought that 
we had a shipment that was due at the end of next week, it actually needs to arrive by Monday of next week. So that completely shifts, you know, everything that's happening this week. Right. And we need to really be all hands on deck. So um, I feel like I wasted all of my all-nighters in college for school. And in the long run, unless you're going from undergraduate to medical school or to law school, or if you want to continue your education, getting a degree, like you don't, I had a high GPA in, in college and that's not really going to do much for me now. I can say that I graduated from a great college that has, that holds more weight than my GPA. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I would tell myself that it's not that deep. It's not that serious. And just, just sleep more to save your all-nighters because you'll, you're going to need them in moments that are more important in jewelry. And honestly, if a family is in my future, those are even more important all-nighters. Yeah. You know, like to to care for your kids and make sure, you know, that everything is set on Christmas morning, you know, like those are the type of all-nighters that really matter when you think about what wealth means at the end of one's life. That's actually been a question that I've been thinking about is the concept of wealth. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the, in the, you know, version of the world that we live in developing wealth is we think of money, right? But I think when you're on your deathbed and you're thinking about wealth, you're not thinking more, you're not thinking about the amount of money in your bank account. You're thinking of the people that you've affected and how right. you've affected them. And um, it's not, it's quality and quantity, right? It's like how many people are showing up to your funeral and what is the quality of people that are showing up to your funeral? It's mm -hmm. that kind of dynamic, like to me, that is wealth. And I realized that when my grandmother passed away in when I, it was actually right after I graduated or right as I was graduating college. Um, and there were not enough seats in the Basilica for her. I mean, it poured out, I'm getting chills. It, all the people poured out onto the streets. I mean, this is a massive church in my hometown. Um, and there was standing room only, uh, people could not get in. It was right. unreal. It was unreal. It, that, that I mean, that, that makes me reflect on, you know, certain people in my life who have, uh, you know, their reach was far and uh, far and wide. They cast their net far and wide. And yeah, I think that's that's the goal, right? Nobody ever goes on their deathbed and go, man, I wish I would have made more money. Right. And I think it's both. Right. I think it's, you know, being successful. If you are in business, right, being successful is important it's also important to do right by people while you're yeah. building that wealth. hundred percent. So I, I, it's, I think it's a dual part because I believe that, you know, money and success gives you more leverage to help people. That's I don't believe that money is the root of all people. I believe that evil is the evil is the root of all evil. Um, money doesn't make people evil. People make money evil. Oh. So I, I believe that money can be used for such good in this world um, that creating wealth for oneself in this lifetime is very important. And it's not an if or an, it's not an if or a, but, and creating wealth of human connection is important in this world as well. That, that, that reminds me of a quote that coach V always uses and I've, and I've plagiarized it and given, given him credit, obviously, but he goes, there's money in the transaction, but there is wealth in the relationship mm -hmm. and that's that speaks exactly to what you know you you just said so 
Mary Costello Radio, ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy Q. I am interviewing my prima. Uh, you know, we we uh, mentioned earlier that that we are related, uh, and and you mentioned uh, you know pretty much everybody on Guam is related, right? <laughs> in some form or, or some way or another. Uh, you actually took a trip back home, and when we say home, we see, you know you actually took a trip back to Guam, and uh, I want to know. Part of that, how how long was ha, had it been since you visited uh, the island? So the first time I visited, I was in the womb. And the <laughs> okay. second time I visited, I was about two years old. Right. So I remembered almost nothing from, um, from being there. And I went back in February, right before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that experience? It was very interesting. I grew up going to Hawaii. And so I imagined it to be kind of the same. My family has a place on Maui. And so that was kind of our like tropical vacation spot growing up. Um, And when I went to Guam, it was so wonderful and beautiful. And, you know, it was so wonderful to see family, but I was really devastated by the poverty. Mm. You know, that was really that was really heart-wrenching for me to sure. see a lot of poverty, um, but it also made me so grateful that my grandfather had the huevos to join the military and come to the mainland because, you know, I don't think that my life now would even be a fleck of an imagination if I grew up- Back home. Back home. Yeah. Um, and not to say that either life is better or worse. What I will say is that I'm grateful for the exposure that living on the mainland and, you know, growing up with my family here has given me. Um, but it was so beautiful and honestly, very spiritual for me to see, you know, grave sites of, of my family. That was a very, very spiritual moment um, to see how people still live off the land. Mm-hmm. That That's was, right. that was very spiritual. Um, to see how simply people live, just like great perspective, great perspective. And also to sit there and listen to my aunts and uncles, you know, talk and walk down memory lane and hearing their stories about growing up. And my grandfather at that point was old, but he wasn't ill. And right after we got back is when he kind of, you know, went south. And so for us to have gone there while my grandfather was still alive and to show him pictures and to reflect on certain things with him, I honestly feel like for him, that was full circle moment. And I think I think it was a full circle moment for him. And I think that as his the end of his life got closer, that helped him let go a little bit because mm. it, it really brought everything full circle. And we had so much time with him in his last chapter that he was really able to reflect on where he came from and what he's accomplished in his life and the wealth of his, you know, of his hard work and also the wealth of his family. And so it was a very, very cool experience. And also you connected me um, with a radio station there and to be interviewed by them was, that was kind of an out of body experience too. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Uh, and, and shout out to Joan Charfras and uh, KUAM, the TV station, the radio station, uh, the media component out there back home, because certainly, you know, I thought it was very important that our people got to see you, got to hear you, um, because there's a there's a little turmoil 
girl sitting on the island right now wishing that, you know, uh, looking up to you right now, you know? And so everything we do, whether, you know, we're, we're a couple of coconuts out here on the mainland and everything, everything we do, uh, is, is certainly looked under a mic microscope, whether we want to believe that or not. You know, I'm an, so. al I'm an albino coconut. People are like, <laughs> people are like, you're Chamorro. What? Yeah. <laughs> so. Like show them pictures. Like this is my family. Yeah. Like, like oh, wow. Auntie. You're right. <laughs> so I love it, man. Mary Costello radio. Uh, it's your birthday. I'm very excited about that. Very excited. And thanks for having me kind of, uh, you know, kind of turn the tables on it today. All right, here we go. We're going to continue with this. This is fun. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and implement a segment. Uh, this is a segment that I like to call this or that. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to give you two answers shotgun style without thinking. I need you to answer them uh, as they come uh, as they come to you. All right. You ready? ready? Here we go. This is this or that. Mary Costello Radio. This is your boy Q. Here we go. Eight clap or fight on? Eight clap. Five guys or in and out? In and out. California or Florida? Florida, baby. Oh man, Raiders uh, or Raiders or Niners? Ooh, okay, so both, both because- Oh no, 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 this is a this or that. Okay, no, both because I was raised, my parents had a sports bar. They said, listen, when Oakland teams play, or when Oakland teams and, Port and um, San Francisco teams play, we root for all of them because they all keep our lights on, right? But okay. when when San Francisco teams are playing Oakland teams, we root for San Francisco, so Niners. Oh, this interview is now over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, I don't know if this uh, affects the next question. The city or the town? You know, I'm going to say the town. Good girl. Okay. I'm going to say the town. Perfect. Yeah. Acoustic or electric? Acoustic. Netflix and chill or dinner and a movie? Dinner and a movie. Last question. Diamonds or pearls? <sighs> That's really difficult. That's it had not to be fair. The, it had to be that's the joy. That's it had like to be the asking. Uh -uh, that's like asking who my favorite child is. That's <laughs> fucked up, Q. It's fucked up. So I'm gonna say diamonds only because I recently have been doing such such exciting projects with my custom clients. So aside from our collection that is you know produced and mass distributed, I also do on the side um, custom clients for you know selective folks. Right. And so the custom pieces that I've been doing recently have been outstanding and so much fun. Uh, so I'm going to say diamonds, even though in 2022, we do have pearls coming back in the line. So I feel like that was a double-edged sword and I'm going to say both, but. <laughs> that is, that, that is this or that with the birthday girl herself, Mary Costello. Okay. All right. All right. You pass, you pass, you pass. Right. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a C minus, but it's so passing. <laughs> So, so, uh, okay. So let, let's talk about, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, the young Marin Costello. We talk about the things that influenced her, the, the academic, uh, you know, um, the entrepreneur, what, what is, what is next for you? You know, you, you got the actress. We, we briefly touched on that. What is next for Marin Costello? There's, there's gotta be something on the bucket list that you've not yet done. And what is that? 
meaning within my current companies or like the next nah, chapter? I'm not, I'm not talking about the companies. I'm talking about you. I'm, it could be the company. Could be the company. Could be you. Could be a, a trip to Bali. It could be, you know, skydiving. What is that thing on the bucket list? So here's another vulnerable moment and um, a fun fact that most folks don't know. Um, but I'm very much interested in the firearm industry and I have a um, weekly lesson. I take it very seriously. I consider it to be a sport because it is. And like I said, growing up, I don't have the hand-eye coordination to be a volleyball player or a basketball player and all the other sports that I tried. Um, turns out I am quite gifted in the firearm sector. So I would say my next chapter would be training competitively and um, traveling with that. I would have never guessed. Yes, it is. Um, it's an Olympic sport. It's in the Olympics. Yes, I'm, I, I can. I treat it with so much respect, and I honor that that sport so much. And um, it is something that I have really deep interest in, and something that I take very seriously, and have weekly, if not multiple times a week, I have training very, very regularly um, to perfect my skill set. I'm incredibly impressed. Thank you. And always want to remain on your good side. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> is- You'd appreciate this. So I, of course, you know, I walk in, my lessons are in the mornings on the weekdays. So I dress as if I'm going to the office. And so obviously that includes jewelry and, you know, dressing fashionably because alas, I'm in the fashion industry. So I show up to the range and to my lessons and, you know, all the guys uh, that are there, you know, they give me a lot of shit and they talk shit about, you know, what I'm wearing and, oh, can you make me a pair of those shoes? And like, da, da, da. And then when we get on the range, everyone's silent because um, I'm pretty accurate. So, <laughs> so they, they, they talk a lot of shit and then, and then we get to right. business and then, and, and then it kind of tapers off. And they're like, oh, okay. She's not a, just a princess. Exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Crazy. So, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I mean. I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you shoot? Like, I'm not from that world. Is it rifles? Like handgun? Like, what is um, it? Currently what do you shoot? Pistols. I'm training on pistols, but that will um, graduate to shotguns and then rifles. And then, you know, the like, I really think it's important to um, learn about all the different modalities. Um, and it's just, it's a skill set. It's, I like the, I like being challenged. Um, I also you know, firearms are really beautifully crafted. So the craftsman in me really appreciates, you know, the artistry behind it. And I'm not talking about, you know, your run of the mill firearm. This, these are more like the handcrafted um, pieces that um, are one of a kind or that are, you know, inlaid with stones. And like, there, there is a lot of metalwork that goes into, you know, obviously creating a, a firearm, which is very much related to what I do in the jewelry world. Right. That is, that is incredible. Hey. I love it. I love it. We, we got a, we got a few minutes here. There's one question that, that uh, I love that you ask all of your guests on Marion Costello radio. And the question is, what does self-care look like to you? What is your version of self-care? So I'm going to ask you Thank that. Thank you for asking me that. So my self-care is holistic. It's mind, body, spirit right? So in my day-to-day, it is getting up and putting on clothes that make me feel good so that I can show up 
it's honestly, you know, the days where you're like, oh, I'm just going to wear sweatpants or whatever. And then you run into everyone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, when you have, right, when you right. own a fashion brand, that's like not really the best. So I also really enjoy, you know, putting on, putting on my clothes, putting on a lipstick and just, you know, making myself put together to take on the day. Um, it's also spiritual, right? Like I mm. see a therapist minimum once a week. I have a standing, you know, therapy session and my therapist is very spiritual as well. Um, I also, you know, have a relationship with, um, with God in the universe. And um, I believe in signs from the universe. So I pay very close attention to, you know, nature and animals and um, just the things around me. I also, I love getting my hair done, you know? So that's self-care for me too. Drinking water, sleeping, um, taking a fun workout class, really leaning into my creative time with my jewelry where I'm not running the business, where I'm just like designing and having fun. That to me is so much fun. And also self-care for me is honestly being by myself. I love, love me time in silence. I'm not the type of person that always needs to have music playing or things like that. I love quiet time. Quiet time to me is blissful. So I try um, to have as much quiet time as I can. And as we approach the holiday season, I think that the, is going to be few and far between for me because this is our busy season. However, I do, I do, I don't take for granted um, the quiet time that I do get. And I soak up every moment. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mary Costello radio. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. It has been a pleasure to, uh, you know, to be the interviewer of a young Bay area raised daughter of a restaurateur, hardworking student, American idol contributor, uh, sharpshooter, with the advice to uh, tell her younger self, save all of your nighters, your, your, save your all nighters, uh, entrepreneur, radio host, my cousin, and uh, man, just an all around stand up person. So Mary Costello, I love you so much. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. And uh, hey, thanks for uh, coaxing me to be in front of the radio again. This, is, this has been a pleasure for me. I love you more and we should do this more often. <laughs> let's, okay. let's do more of this, shall we? <laughs> that being said, we're going to go ahead and end this particular show with some music because, you know, uh, you're on Dash Radio, you're on Island City. What is the song that you want to go out with on this, your birthday episode of Mary Costello Radio? The song of that amazing artist that you represent. My memory is escaping We're going to do da David Thomas. You know That's what? We, we're gonna we're gonna treat every day like it's your birthday, right here on Marion yeah. Costello yeah. Radio. Uh. I'm feeling too good. I've been on point. Just call me Wavy Understood. Don't bring no bullshit around here. I never really felt so comfortable. I'm whipping the convertible. Bitch, don't kill my. Y'all know how we're supposed to go. Pour me some liquor. Chilling with the men. I'm trying to celebrate Roll up the bag with money like me do Who trying to cut this game? Every day feel like my birthday uh, I could put you on game like it's your first day yeah. And 
Bring in the 